0: Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Comerica Ballpark in Detroit. It's the Cleveland Indians 7, the Detroit Tigers 4. I'm Davey Paris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And, man, what did I say? What did I say yesterday? I said that 17-0 loss is the kind of game that you just got to place behind you. And you got to move forward and you got to get back to business. And that is exactly what the Cleveland Indians did yesterday against the Detroit Tigers. Um, it always helps going and facing Detroit, especially this current iteration of Detroit. Uh, another thing I said, another thing I said yesterday is that I think the season has proven that Oakland is in a probably a class above us, right? They're in the playoff hunt. They're in the A.L. West Hunt, and they're leading the wild card. They're a playoff team. We are on the outside looking in. But we are better than the Detroits of the world and the Texas Rangers of the world. And we'll see if we're better than the L.A. Angels of the world coming up. Like, we are right on the outside looking in of that playoff picture. We just don't have it this year. We just don't have the pitching. We don't have the lineup right now. I mean, Too many injuries, too many rookies. You know, not enough veteran presence on this team to drive to the playoffs. I mean, what, this lineup looks weak without Bobby Bradley, without uh, Harold Ramirez. I mean, it looks thin. It looks really thin. You have Oscar Mercado hitting fifth last night, uh, followed by Owen Miller, Yu Cheng, Austin Hedges, and Ernie Clement. That is just not an intimidating lineup. That looks a lot better. When Mercado was hitting 7th and Hedges was, you know, then Hedges at 8th and then Ernie Clement, right? Bobby Bradley and uh, Harold Ramirez at least added a little bit of thump to the middle of the lineup. And with those two guys now injured, Harold Ramirez went on the I.L., uh, as did Nick Sandlin. Both of those guys coming out uh, in that Oakland series, they both find themselves on the I.L. So a bunch of changes and moves to accommodate that, right? Yu Chang coming back um it also brought logan allen back i'm I, I don't know about that one but sure okay he's back um they sent down that rookie perez poor guy comes up here has you know a cup of coffee gets battered around by oakland comes in with the bases loaded which you got a question to Marlow Hale on that one, sending the rookie in. I know Indians Twitter did. Indians Twitter was not happy with that decision, sending the rookie out there with the bases loaded to make his major league debut. Not an easy situation to come into, but yeah. So the injuries have forced a lot of changes, but Detroit, I think we've proven this season that we're probably a step above Detroit still. They've got some good players on that team. Absolutely. They uh, locked up Jonathan Scope for a few more years. Um, you know, there's some good players on that team. Robbie Grossman always plays the Indians well. Uh, So, yeah, uh, they just, I think we still got them in the pitching category, especially in the bullpen, right? Huge difference between Detroit's bullpen and Oakland's bullpen right now. So this game would go in the Indians' favor, and we would pretty much run away with this thing. I think the top storyline for me is the offense just, you know, coming awake, handling their business against Detroit pitching. They faced Tyler Alexander in the last series. This wasn't a repeat matchup, but both of these starters, their last outing, Plesak and Alexander for Detroit, faced the opposing team in their last outing. And there would be some big differences in what happened in this game than the last time they faced each other. But I think for me, the big difference is the offense. After getting absolutely dominated by Bassett and the Oakland pitching, they really came out and uh, found some life. And it was unexpected heroes last night from the offense. Um, Multi game hits from Miles Straw at the top of the order, from Yu Chang, who just got called up and is playing third base, so Jose could DH. And then Ernie Clement, Big Earn in the nine spot. By the way, if the nickname Big Earn does not catch on, and if none of you have seen the movie Kingpin, the uh, the bowling movie with Woody Harrelson and Bill Murray, um, that's a perfect nickname for him because he's not big. They were teasing him the whole night that he needs to, you know, Andre now is teasing him that he needs to get in the weight room if he wants to keep hitting home runs. And even he said in the postgame, he's like, I'm not a home run hitter. I wasn't trying to hit home runs. I was trying to go to the opposite field on a a fastball. And it ends up going over the fence for his first major league home run. And then later, he recognized curveball, got out ahead of it, and pulls it down the left field line. And ends up hitting it really well. Uh, Let's check the exit velocities on these home runs The first one out to right field with 99.6 mile per hour exit velocity, 376 feet on a 27-degree launch angle. The next home run, he would line out in his second at-bat, but he'd come back with his third at-bat of the day, and leading off, gets that curveball, hits it 100.8 mile per hour exit velocity, this time 33-degree launch angle, this time 394 feet into the seats in left field. That one was a much more no-doubt-about-it kind of home run, uh, more majestic home run, as opposed to the first one, which was kind of a line shot over the wall. So, yeah, so Ernie Clement is, like I said, unlikely heroes on the day. Uh, And the Indians really jump on Alexander early. Um, He only lasts five innings, only gives up six hits, but gives up four runs, no walks, four strikeouts. And the home run given up on seventy-seven pitches. They hard hit him one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. So yeah, straw with a big double. Yu Chang it gets buried in this game, but he goes two for three with uh, add in a walk on this one, and uh, so he's on base three times, and he has a triple into triples alley in right center field, and then he pulls a home run into the bullpens in left center. So Yu Chang had himself a great day coming back to the Indians. Um, yeah, so it is fun to see the unlikely heroes in this game. Because uh, Ahmed Rosario doesn't score any runs. He was on base to get an RBI. Jose Ramirez doesn't score any runs. He was on base twice, but doesn't score any runs. Doesn't drive anybody in. Fermil Reyes is 0-2 and gets ejected from the game with arguing with the umpire. And Fermil Reyes, you feel bad for him, but... Everybody knows that line, right? If you've never been ejected from a baseball game for arguing with an umpire, which sadly to say, yes, I have. I've been ejected from a softball game for arguing. But I won't, I, you know that line. If you've ever argued with your parents, you know that line. When you were a kid, you knew that line. You knew you could get angry. You could get mad. You could stop your feet. But there'd be a moment. There'd be a breath hanging in the air where you're like, if I say one more thing, I am definitely getting grounded, or spanking, or getting the Nintendo controllers taken away. You knew if you said one more thing, uh, the hammer was coming down. Sometimes you did, sometimes you didn't. Sometimes it was worth it to make your point, sometimes it wasn't. For Reyes Reyes last night, probably felt it in the air as he's walking back to the dugout, getting mad about the call, and he probably felt it in the air and decided... The frustration boiled over and he just went for it and got tossed. So uh, now you have Bradley Zimmer pinch hitting in the playing right field, hitting cleanup, and that didn't go so well. Uh, Mercado didn't do anything in the fifth spot. And then so it comes down to Owen Miller, who has an RBI and a run scored. Yu Chang hedges with an RBI. He hit a nice sack fly. Uh, perfect situation with Chang on third base, hits that sack fly. And then Ernie Clement delivers big. From the bottom of the lineup with those two solo home runs. So, yeah, unlikely heroes. And the Indians, you know, kind of spread it out. They just kind of were doing it all night. Two in the third, two in the fourth, two in the sixth. After uh, Detroit finally answers back in the bottom of the fifth with two of their own, uh, they did finally get to uh, get the police act a little bit there. And, uh, but then they add two in the sixth for the Indians and one more in the seventh to really cement things. Uh, The Tigers would show a little life in the ninth inning against James Karinchek, scoring two runs on a two-run home run, a walk and a home run from Renato Nunez. uh, But that would be it. So Indians pitching does a really good job of holding the Tigers in check. And uh, the Indians offense does a really good job of putting together some little rallies, right? Little tiny rallies, two runs here, two runs there. That is huge. You don't have to have an eight-run inning. But man, putting up a couple of crooked numbers in this game in three innings, you're able to put up crooked numbers. That's really encouraging from the offense. Right? Some good timely hitting, right? From Yu Chang, Austin Hedges, some good sack flies from a couple of guys that really needed. I believe Ahmed Rosario's RBI was also a sack fly. So yeah, so some really timely hitting here. Uh, let's take a look at the scoring plays here. Oh no, Ahmed Rosarios was a single that brought in Miles Straw. Who had the other sack fly? Austin Hedges has that sack fly. Owen Miller had the sack fly. Brought in Mercado to score. Mercado had a crazy trip around the base paths. Um, Gets on because of an error. uh, Ends up at second. Ends up stealing third. And then ends up coming home and scoring on a sack fly. That also helped. There were a couple errors from the Tigers last night uh, in this thing. Uh, Who had errors? Uh, Jimenez had an error throwing and Holland. So two of their pitchers had errors that allowed guys to move up and move around the bases. So that helped too. So that's a pretty solid job by the Indians offense. Um, Talk about pitching. Let's talk about pitching for a second. So what was different? Uh, What did Alexander do different in this game that we were able to hit him Uh, That he wasn't doing in his last start. In his last start against us, uh, which came on the seventh, I believe, um, he goes five and a third, four hits, no runs in that one, no walks, also four strikeouts. He's only hard hit five times. So a very similar game. In that one, he was dominating with his cutter. He had a 52% CSW on his cutter, including nine called strikes. And three whiffs on 11 swings. So that was the pitch that was really working for him. And uh, he was keeping it inside on the Indians hitters. Uh, They stacked the lineup with righties. And the lefty was pounding them inside with that cutter. And then leaving the changeup down. Not so much away, but down. All right, so what did he do this night that he was hit so hard by the Indians hitters? Well, he wasn't getting that cutter inside as much. He was still getting it to the inside edge, but he wasn't really pounding it inside. And uh, he was throwing more sinkers, getting more sinkers over the plate, which they were hitting. And then uh, the changeup was – he was getting it down, but he was also leaving a few away. And uh, he would get some strikeouts on the the sinker, on the changeup, and a couple cutters away on the outside edge. But uh, a four-seam fastball is what Miles Straw hits for the double – Uh, Ernie Clement's home run is on a sinker that he leaves up at the belt away. And then they were able to single uh, us four-seam fastballs. They really did a good job against this four-seam fastball when he tried to come inside with it. And even Jose Ramirez takes an inside cutter and is able to get a single on it. So that was the difference against Tyler Alexander uh, last night. Now let's talk about uh, Zach Plesak. Now what was Plesak doing differently? Now there's a big difference here. When I look at the illustrator for Zach Pleasak, he is absolutely pounding the strike zone. And this is our second big storyline of this game. Plisak was the Pleasak that we want him to be, that he wants to be. You know, you could see it in his body language. He wants to be an ace, he wants to be an all star, he wants to be in that Cy Young fight. You could tell this guy really wants to be known as an elite level pitcher. I feel like it's I somehow I feel like it's different from Aaron Savali. I feel like Savali, his body language out there, I'm sure he wants all those things. But his body language is more like, I'm just gonna control this game. I'm gonna dominate this game. Whereas Policec I feel like is fighting for uh you know some something it's almost like he's trying to do too much every game, right? He's trying to make the All-Star game every time he's out. Where Aaron Savali is like, "I'm going to go get this win and I'll let all that other stuff happen." I don't know why I feel that in their body language, and, let me, and maybe you do too. Or maybe you think I'm crazy, but I kind of feel like that in their body language. Every time Plesek pitches, he's trying to make the All-Star team. And he he did it. Uh, he did it last night. This this was a good start. This was Arguably his best start of the season. He had gone eight innings a couple of times earlier in the season in May. May was easily his best month. Um, he had a he was 3-0 in May with a 2.78 ERA and a 0.9 whip. He was dominant in May, including a couple shutouts of the White Sox and then the Reds in back-to-back starts. So uh, it was a real shame when he went down with that injury because for the month of May, he was crushing it. Uh, And he's been working back ever since. July was okay. Uh, August has actually been a struggle. Uh, He had given up six runs and five innings to the Blue Jays. The last time he faced Detroit, it's a no decision. He goes four innings. Only gave up two hits in that one, but three walks. Gives up five runs, only four earned, and a home run. Six strikeouts. This one, he was the most dominant with the strikeouts. Nine strikeouts is his highest total on the season. His... Uh before that it had been that shutout against the Reds where he had gone eight innings, seven strikeouts. Uh so yeah, these the this start and the one against the Reds, arguably his best starts of the season. Uh yeah, gives up five hits. He's hard hit a ton in this game. He is a hard hit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven times. Wow. 11 times, but only gives up five hits, only gives up the one home run. So yeah, I mean, there were some hard shots to infielders. There were hard shots all over the field, but the defense was ready for it. And sometimes you got to do that, right? Sometimes you have to attack, 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 and then let your defense do what they do behind you. So what was the difference between his last outing against the Tigers and this one? Well, in the last outing against the Tigers, and it's very clear if you look at the illustrator, the fastball, he absolutely could not throw it for a strike as much against the Tigers on August 8th, his last time facing them in Cleveland. It's way up and to the left from the catcher's view. Same thing with that changeup. The changeup is up and to the left. It'd be inside to a righty, away to a lefty, and he's throwing this changeup mostly to left-handed hitters. Um... He's throwing that slider mostly to righties, and he's throwing that changeup mostly to left-handed hitters. But he just couldn't get it in the strike zone. Couldn't bring it in for a strike. I think he only throws against left-handed hitters, he only throws one changeup for a strike. Um, and it's to strike out Akil Badu in that game. Now on this one, he is absolutely pounding that strike zone. It's the same thing, sliders to the righties, changeups to the lefties. But he has thrown a ton of change-ups in the zone. He's getting that fastball into the zone. You can still throw it high. And he's got a ton of them high. Probably about eight of them at the top of the strike zone. But he's getting it in the zone. Uh, so that is the huge difference here. I mean, visually, that's why I love this illustrator view. Visually, it is clear the difference between police second that one and please second this one. And if we go to the player breakdown, we see what was working for him. CSW on that four-seam fastball. And 17 swings, it's only three whiffs. They did foul off nine. They only put five in play. But it's 15 called strikes on that fastball. That is just dominant. That is just painting and working with that fastball. On 101 pitches, he throws 74 strikes. Uh, The changeup was all right. It's a 26% CSW. The slider was working for him on 12 swings, 5 whiffs. That was a good pitch for him. 37% CSW. It's a 36% CSW total on the day. So a fantastic job by Plesak. And when he gets into a little trouble, which he does, right? In the uh, fifth inning, they do get to him. Eric Haas has a home run. Victor Reyes would single after a Robeson ground out. Robbie Grossman with double Robbie Grossman doubled twice off him in this game to lead off the game. And then again, in the fifth inning driving a run, he gets scoped to ground out and then he comes back and he just goes to work in that sixth inning. He has to face Miguel Cabrera all night with the Detroit crowd, you know, on the edge of their feet, you know, making so much noise for that 500th home run. And he has to deal with that all night and he handles it very well. Um, we'll get to that in a second, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great job by Plesek to go so deep into this game. Um, once he hits 100 pitches, though, Demarlo Hale gets him, brings in uh, Brian Shaw, who does give up a hit, but gets out of it, uh, gets the last out of the eighth inning, and then Karencheck comes in in the ninth, and he is struggling. Karencheck is absolutely a mess right now it was the right move to bring him into a seven to two game because he has so much room to work with and he would need it. He would absolutely need it. He walks the leadoff hitter and then he gives up a home run to Renato Nunez. And it's like, come on, come on, man. Like, what are you doing here? Um, It was a tough battle against Nunez. It's a seven pitch at bat. He finally, he tries to get him to strike out on a high fastball uh, he's ahead in this count. I mean, he's up in this count, one and two. He's He's got two strikes on him for most of this at-bat. He finally misses with a fastball for ball one on the sixth pitch of the at-bat. Throws him another high fastball, and this one he hits 98.3 miles per hour, 396 feet to left field, left center field. So uh, it honestly isn't a terrible uh, attack from Act. Threw him a ton of curveballs. Uh, clearly should have gone to the curve when he went with the fastball there. I mean, but it's in a good location. I mean, that is right at the top edge of the strike zone. That's usually where Karinchek is getting strikeout. Against Candelario, he just could not hit with that fastball. Um, He threw him six fastballs, and uh, that's it. Six straight fastballs. He fouls off two of them that are in the zone, and the rest he just lays off because they're all up and away and uh, ends up walking Candelario. Now comes back against Harold Castro, who does him a favor and swings at the first pitch. Hits it 99.2 miles per hour, but right at Oscar Mercado. So I feel like that's kind of doing him a favor. Eric Haas has a little bit more of a battle, but he would ground out uh, on a curveball, an inside curveball. And then Victor Reyes would ground out on a fastball, down and away to finally end things for Karen Cech. So he's able to work out of it, but it just... You feel the struggles from Karachek, especially when he walks that leadoff hitter. Um, what was going on with Robbie Grossman and Pleissack? Man, Gro- Grossman had Pleissack's number two doubles almost in the same spot. Uh, this time he gets an in on the leadoff at bat. He takes a fastball away and then pulls an inside fastball that's down and in, hundred and five miles per hour down the line into the right field corner. And then his next time coming up here. Uh, Actually, his next at-bat, he would be called out on strikes. His third at-bat, though, against Plesak, this was the RBI double. Um, And it's the same thing. He gets a changeup away. This time, it's a fastball out over the plate. Um, And so it's not an inside pitch, but he still turns on it, still doubles down the right field line, 95.7 mile per hour exit velocity. So he was sitting fastball and got it and did his damage with it. So Grossman versus Plesak. Man, Grossman, even back to his Minnesota days, I feel like always gave us trouble. So those were the big storylines in this game. Honestly, great game by the Cleveland Indians. Uh, something we really needed. We kind of needed a bounce back after that Oakland series. Um, so uh, MVP for the day. Look, I know you, it's, a, it's we're going to split it. We're going to split it. I can't. I can't deny Big Earn, Ernie Clement, for hitting his first two home runs of his major league career in the same game. That's just too cool. But Plesak really is the MVP for the day. I mean, we don't, you know, who knows if we win this thing if Plesak doesn't have a bounce-back performance for the month of August where he has been struggling and come out and really dominate to nine strikeouts. So uh, Plesak and Ernie Clement, we get an offensive and a pitching split MVPs for the day. And uh, I told you I was going to talk about Miguel Cabrera for a second here. Every one of his at-bats was fun last night. Uh, Like I said, the crowd was so into it. Uh, There was a big crowd in Detroit. I mean, for a team that isn't really going anywhere, they packed 22,000 into Comerica last night, and they're all there to see Miguel Cabrera hit number 500. And frankly, I got to be honest, especially towards the end there, I was kind of rooting for him. I was. I'm kind of rooting for him to do it. I, I, It it would be fun. The crowd would go nuts. It would be this big moment. And baseball is kind of built on big moments, right? I mean, it's a slow game. And the thing that keeps you coming back are those big moments. And uh, whether it's Ernie Clement with his two solo home runs or uh, you know Yu Chang with a big triple and a home run, and they're big moments in time over this big three-hour marathon. And Miguel Cabrera hitting number 500 would be a huge moment. It'd be something we'd talk about for a while. So, I know none of the Indians pitchers want to give it up. Uh, They even joked about that, that the guys are all talking. They don't want to be the one to give it up. So, they're going to give them tough at-bats, but I kind of want to see it happen. I think it's going to be a really exciting, fun moment. And uh, maybe we'll get to see it in this series. So, Hopefully, it'll be in a situation where we're up seven to two. He can have himself a solo home run. He can have his moment, and it doesn't affect the outcome of the game, right? Uh, So, yeah. So, good luck, Miguel Cabrera, in the rest of the series. All right. That's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Progressive Field. Not from Progressive Field. From Comerica. It's the Indians 7, the Detroit Tigers 4. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about this 6 o'clock game, but the Indians have not announced their starter yet. So will it be Logan Allen getting some kind of opener rolls, getting a start, seeing how long he can go, or will it be Sam Henches coming back out, doing the opener thing again, the opener shtick? Um, we'll see. They have not announced a starter yet. It is Saturday morning, and they still haven't said. They'll be going up against Willie Peralta uh, on Sunday, it will be Tristan McKenzie going against TBD for the Tigers. All right. So, again, thanks for joining me. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash ClevelandBaseballMornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.